in the pulpit. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I believe God has a word for us. Just like every time that we come together, He speaks to our hearts. Amen. A few weeks ago, I started meditating on a word that you find over and over in the Bible, abundance. Anybody ever just done a word study on abundance? You know, our God is into abundance. He's into providing for us in an extraordinary way. Amen? And uh, anyway, I was thinking about this as a way of illustration. Have you ever gone and eaten at a restaurant, paid good money, Got bad service, terrible food. Sometimes we encounter those experiences. And my husband, as we walk out, he's he's usually very gracious to the people nonetheless. Not exactly like I am sometimes. But anyhow, (laughs) he says, you cheated me. Not to them, I said. You'll say it to me. No, I said... Did I say he was more gracious than me? I did. Because he doesn't say it to them, but sometimes I have to keep my flesh under to not say something to them. But anyway, no, we'll be walking out of the restaurant and he'll say, you cheated me. Just, you know, just saying it to me. And sometimes you feel like that when you go to a place and you don't get good service and you get terrible food. But on the other hand, have you ever enjoyed a delish meal? Oh, the service was amazing. The food was awesome. And you walk out of that place abundantly satisfied. It's kind of like when we go over to Val's. We got these little cute little waiters, right? Waitresses right here that come and wait on us. And George cooks up special stuff for us and just keeps bringing it on and bringing it on. We never leave that place hungry. We are always abundantly satisfied. Well, did you know that one of those describes our father's house? Which one do you think uh, describes our father's house? We come and we eat at the father's table. And guess what? We are abundantly satisfied. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We're not going to forget His benefits. We're not going to forget all that's on the Father's table. It's there for us to partake of and us to enjoy. Amen? Well, I saw a scripture recently kind of in a new light. Let's look over at Psalms 36, verse 7 and 8 out of the New King James Version. How many of you love the Word? The Word is alive. I've read the Psalms probably hundreds of times. But I saw this passage of Scripture in a new light recently. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Now this is the one I want you to see. Verse 8. As a matter of fact, let's read this together. They are abundantly, everybody say it again, they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. How does God satisfy? Well, that was a little weak. How does God satisfy? Abundantly. Abundantly. 
Now just listen to some of these definitions from Strong's Concordance on the word abundantly. You've got to get happy just hearing this. Excessive. Overflowing. Surplus. Over and above. And then this has got to be one of my favorites. More than enough. God never intended for us to barely get by. He never intended for us to go through this life with pain in our body, with lack in our pocketbook, with turmoil in our mind. He said He wants to abundantly provide for us in excess till it overflows. Peace overflowing, joy overflowing, health in abundance. How many of you could use a little more prosperity? He said he takes pleasure in prospering, in prospering his children. How many of you are children of the Most High God? Then give the Lord some pleasure and let Him prosper you in every area of your life. These things don't just happen. He said, I will satisfy you abundantly. It's available. It's in my house. But our job is to take what He has said and to get it right here in our mind. Meditate On the Word of God. Beloved, I wish, I pray above all else that thou may what? Prosper and be in health even as thy soul, thy mind prospers. If there's lack in any area of your life, find scriptures that cover that case. Build that Word into your heart and that Word will cause abundance To show up in that realm. Amen? Now in this passage that we just read, that phrase, abundantly satisfied, even means a little bit more than just the word abundantly. It literally means to be saturated, to be drunk, to be intoxicated, and to be drenched. Woo! I'm happy about that. Are you? Abundantly satisfied literally means to be saturated, to be drunk, to be intoxicated, to be drenched. Drenched is when you are dripping with something. You know, last week we had a few little showers here in the Bay Area, little sprinkles. But it's very rare that we get a downpour here in the Bay Area like we experience in Oklahoma and the Midwest. I mean, we used to have this saying growing up as a kid that it's raining cats and dogs. I mean, it was pouring down so hard, you didn't know what was going to fall down from the sky. It was kind of like that little nursery rhyme, Henny Penny, the whole sky was falling down. That's a downpour. That's when you get drenched. You can step out your door in a downpour like that and you can be drenched, dripping wet from the top of your head, your shoes filled with water in a matter of a few minutes. And God is using that as an illustration for us in this passage that I want you abundantly satisfied. I want you drenched 
I want you dripping with my goodness, with my mercy, with my grace, with my abundant provision. Listen to this scripture here in Psalm 65, 11 in the Amplified. You crown the year. It doesn't, we don't have to just read this passage on January 1st. You know, starting right now, you got the rest of the year. So the rest of this year ought to be crowned with what? Bounty and goodness. And the tracks of your chariot wheels drip with fatness. If the chariot wheels are dripping with fatness, shouldn't your Ford, Honda, Chevy, or whatever you drive be dripping with the goodness of God overtaken with the blessings of the Lord. Now in the NIV, this same passage, I like this. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. Anybody ever go to the grocery store? It's a good thing to be able to the gro- go to the grocery store and pile it high and deep. And not have to take your calculator and subtract things. You know, you might have, you might have some health food in one hand and a gallon of ice cream in the other. And if you're on a limited bu- budget, most of the time, the health food will go, the ice cream will stay. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he said, even your carts, I like that. Your cart should overflow with Abundance. And nobody get mad at me, but when my cart's overflowing with abundance, it's not low-fat, no-taste veggie burgers. Overflowing with abundance of things that taste good. And of course, some things that are good for you, but lots of things that taste good. I recently heard someone say this. You know, the Bible says in Psalms that our father, he owns the cattle. On a thousand hills. So there's no use of us being broke or vegetarians either. Hallelujah. (laughs) You're a vegetarian. Don't write me any letters. Don't call. I don't want to hear it. You eat whatever you want. But I'm telling you, we had a good grilled hamburger last night on our new electric charcoal. The man of God whipped it up. Hallelujah. If you're not enjoying the cattle on a thousand hills, you're missing out. That's all I can say. Okay, stick with the word. Back to the word. There's meat in the house. house. (laughs) Now, if our chariots, our vehicles are dripping with fatness, our carts are overflowing with abundance, full of good things to enjoy. What about our checkbook or our wallet? Another translation of that same passage, Psalm 6511 in the NLT, New Living Translation. You crown the year with, if I say this. Come on now. I know it's hot, but it's not hot in here. Bountiful harvest. Even the hard paths overflow with what? You crown the year with bountiful harvest. That tells me 
You sow, you reap. Give, and it shall be given unto you. God's watching over his word to perform it. If you are a tither, he said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and I'm going to bless your socks off. He said, I'm going to crown your life with a bountiful harvest. God is the one that instituted the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, you will reap off of that seed. If you sow of your finances into the kingdom of God, you can expect to reap finances. Can I get a witness from the Caldwells? Woo! These people have been sowing, and I know many of you too, but we hear testimonies from them all the time through the years of sowing, and oftentimes sowing sacrificially. Has God ever disappointed you? Has God ever left you? No, God keeps heaping it up on them because they're sowing seeds. What are you missing in your life? Where do you need a harvest? If you need a harvest of finances, get some seed into the ground. If you need a harvest of love, then be a lovely person. Stop being such an old rascal and ugly and hard to get along with. You're sowing bad seeds like that. Sow some seeds of love and reap a bountiful harvest. Hallelujah. And then that verse, put it back up there, please. This just kind of stood out to me when I was looking at this yesterday. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. I know that all of us in here have experienced some hard times. Sure, we've had hard times financially, maybe even hard place physically. Maybe hard times in our family. But he's promised us here. It's a season. That hard time won't last forever. Keep your eye upon the source. Keep sowing. Keep praying. Keep believing God. Keep your faith out there. And even in those hard, difficult seasons, he'll turn it around. And yet that thing that the enemy meant for destruction, God will turn it around and abundance will flow out of there. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Yeah, the devil has lied to some of you in here. And he's told you, it's never going to change. This is as good as it's going to get for you. But the Spirit of God is saying, take heart. I hear a sound in the realm of the Spirit. And it is a sound of the abundance. The abundance of rain. Woo! The rain is coming. Harvest is on the way. Don't be weary. The Bible says this. Do not be weary in well-doing. If we don't faint, what's going to happen? If we don't faint, what's going to happen? If we don't faint, what's going to happen? Too many people quit. 
right on the verge of their breakthrough, right when they're about to reap that bountiful harvest. They take their faith off of the line. They back up and they say, oh, it's not working. I guess God doesn't love me. I guess God doesn't want me to have that breakthrough. Do not quit. Do not faint. We are in a fight, but it is a fight of faith. And it's a fight that we win. Hallelujah. Our Father has promised us some things. And His Word is true. We're not fighting God. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. But we have an enemy that tries to withhold those from us. And the main battlefield is right here. In our mind, do not get weary. Don't quit. Do what you have to do to stay nourished up in the Word of God. To keep your spirit man strong. For we will not, we won't be disappointed. And we will reap if we hold fast. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Even in the hard pathways, there will be an overflow. Of abundance. I don't know if I'm communicating, but I see that so much in my spirit. That thing, that very thing that the enemy tried to take you out with, God's going to turn it around and there's going to be an overflow of the anointing coming out of your life in that area. If the enemy tried to destroy your marriage and you stood on the word of God and you're joined like never before, guess what? God will use you to be a blessing to other couples that are going through difficulty. Whatever that hard place was, let God pour in of his anointing into your life and cause that abundance to flow out of you to other people. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, last week, our son James was in the pulpit and he shared this scripture about God being our rewarder. Now, some of you weren't here and I want to look at it again. Genesis 15, chapter chapter 15, verse 1 in the Amplified. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abraham. Woo! I just, I'm happy about the word tonight. Is anybody else in here happy with me? Let's read this last part. I am your shield, your abundant compensation, and your reward shall be exceedingly great. Hallelujah. He said, I am your shield. Woo! Glory be to God. There's no fiery darts of the enemy that come against your life that the shield of faith cannot quench and will not quench. He's our shield. You're surrounded, hallelujah, with the angels of the Lord. And that shield of faith brings you protection. And it also brings provision. He said, I am what kind of compensation? Did he say, I'm going to see to it, Abraham, that you get minimum wage and you barely scrape a living? No. He said, I am your abundant compensation. And then he said, I'm going, and your reward is going to be what? Just a little bitty reward. Exceedingly. 
exceedingly great. God has always been into abundance. In the beginning, He created the Garden of Eden. You know, it wasn't a place where there was any kind of lack. He intended for man to be abundantly provided for. But we know what happened. Satan deceived the woman. She deceived the man. And the curse came into being. He robbed mankind of living in that place of paradise and provision. But that is not the end of the story. The devil never has one up on God. His attacks may come, but before they ever come, God has provided a way of escape. God knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows where the enemy is going to try to take his best shot at you. But he says, I have abundantly provided for you the way to walk as more than a conqueror. We don't have to be defeated. We don't have to be knocked down by the missiles, the flaming missiles of the enemy. He tried to take out Adam and Eve. He tried to destroy God's initial plan. Didn't work. Hallelujah. God had a plan. God knew that there was a redeemer that was going to come. And he was going to redeem us from the curse of the law. This is the enemy's plan. We'll see it over in John 10, 10 in the Amplified. This is what the devil came to do then, what he still comes to try to do in our lives. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. That's his purpose. It's clearly defined. That's what he came to do in the Garden of Eden, and that's what he still tries to do in our lives. He's not greater than God, but he is good at being the devil. He's got his job description down. I'm going to steal, I'm going to kill, and I'm going to destroy. But that's not the end of the story. But we have one. His name is Jesus. He's writing this passage. He said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. There's that word, have it in what? What were some of the definitions of abundance? Excess, overflow, more than enough. That's what Jesus said. I have come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. What kind of life did you come to give us, Jesus? Zoe, the God kind of life. Life as God has it. How do you think God has it in heaven? Do you think they're wringing their hands in heaven because they can't pay the note on the pearly gates? Do you think that in heaven they're worried about the economy in America? Do you think in heaven that he's all upset because there's some new disease that comes on the scene all the time on earth? No, he said, I came to give you life, the God kind of life, the life like God has established in heaven right here on the earth. 
That word enjoy there, I heard uh, Joyce Meyer say this years ago, one of the definitions of that word enjoy there was to relish. To relish. What's relish? You know, you might have eaten a hot dog yesterday. (laughs) And you can eat a hot dog just plain. They're not great anyway, but plain, they're really not great. Or you can load them up with relish and mustard and ketchup. Mayonnaise on a hot dog? Whatever. (laughs) That's your relish dream. Very good. But what does relish do to a bland old hot dog? It adds flavor. Oh, you can add chili. That's Pastor Tom's relish. It adds flavor. There's so many of God's people that go through life bland, dry, boring, eating a cold hot dog on a cold bun with no relish on it. A low fat one's even worse. (laughs) Bland. But God is saying, I want you to add some flavor and some spice to your life. Life as God has intended it for us is not to meant to be lived boring, dull, same old, same old, stuck in a routine like Joe versus the volcano, getting up every day, doing the same old thing in a dark, dingy office. No, God said, I've sent Jesus to come so that you might enjoy life. Listen to this verse. Well, you know, we've been looking at Psalms 36. I want to look at verse 8 again in the Amplified. Remember, relish means to add flavor. This verse in the Amplified. They relish and feast on the abundance of your house. And you cause them to drink of the stream of your pleasures. God wants us to feast on the abundance of his house. He wants to add some spice to your life, some zest. If your sizzle has fizzled, he wants to light it up again. We ought to be hot, burning, aglow with the spirit serving the Lord, enjoying our lives. Hallelujah. Enjoying being a servant of the Most High God. Enjoying our communion and our fellowship with Him. You might not be thrilled with where you are right now in your life or on your job. But I'll give you something to be happy about. You're a child of the King. You have access to the throne room of grace. You can commune with your heavenly father, the creator of the universe. And you can receive his love and his abundant provision. He can bring satisfaction into your life that you may not be getting on your job. As a matter of fact, there's nothing in this earth that can satisfy like Jesus abundantly satisfied 
in my relationship with Him. Oh, Him and Him alone brings that joy to my heart. Hallelujah. If your relationship with the Lord has gotten kind of ho-hum or kind of average, listen, I encourage you, if you have to start somewhere, just go and begin to read some of the Psalms, how David expressed his love and his worship to the Father. Pretty soon your own words will begin to flow. Rekindle the embers. Fan the flame. Return to your first love and realize how awesome it is to have that relationship with Him and to realize that He wants you to tap in to all that He has provided. He wants that joy to be rekindled on the inside of you. One of the things that the psalmist David said when he was crying out to God, he said, return unto me, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He wasn't even born again, but he had a relationship with his heavenly father. And when things would enter into his life, that would hinder and hamper that relationship. He would get on his face and he would say, something's missing. I'm not in that rich communion place with you, my Father. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. There's so many people in the world that have no joy. They have no reason to live. Jesus is reason enough for us to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. This passage back in John 10, 10, the other day in one of the services, Pastor Nancy showed me a translation. I don't think we have it up there. It's called The Voice. No, it's not the TV show. They didn't come up with it, but The Voice. John 10, 10 in The Voice. The thief approaches with malicious intent. That's what he's coming to do. That's his job. He's looking to steal, to slaughter, and destroy. But this says it a little bit differently. Jesus said, I came to give life with joy and abundance. The revelation here is this. Abundance, the amount of abundance that you're enjoying in your life is attached to the joy, the level of joy. If your joy level is low, you're not going to be operating in abundance. He said, I came to give life with joy and abundance. Years ago, Jerry Savelle did a message, wrote a book on it. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your good. Joy and abundance are connected. If you learn to rejoice, even in the face of difficult situations, even when it looks like you're going under, 
Even when it looks like that disease has overtaken your body. But if you will learn to rejoice, even in the midst of that, God will restore. There's restoration power in rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians. It's only four short chapters. And in those four short chapters, the word joy or rejoice is mentioned 16 times. And he was not writing the book of Philippians from a white sandy beach in Hawaii. He was writing it from prison in stocks and bonds, a horrible situation and circumstance. But yet he learned to tap in to the power of joy. And it teaches us that rejoicing is not contingent on our circumstances. It's not contingent on what's going on around you. Joy is a spiritual force. And when you ignite it on the inside of you in your spirit and you express it with your words, you might express it in dancing or singing or leaping or running. When you give place to joy, you're going to step into abundance. Joy brings restoration. I think I feel a ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Coming on. Ha, 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 ha. I will rejoice. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, I will rejoice. And I will be glad. Hallelujah. For I am abundantly provided for. Ha, 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 ha. Ha ha. Well, some of you aren't on the ha ha train yet, so let's look at another passage. There's a train leaving tonight. It's a joy train. You ought to get on it. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo hoo! <laughs> you want abundance in your life? Learn to rejoice in the Lord. Now, let's go back over here to Psalms 36, verse 8. Well, now he's going to rejoice because he wants me to be quiet. No, not really. Psalms 36, verse 8. Let's read it again. They are abundantly satisfied with what? With the fullness. Everybody say fullness. Fullness. With the what? Fullness. With the what? Fullness. Fullness of his house. Fullness in the house of God. We just had James and Esther come for a visit. It was awesome. We had a great time with them. They were here a little over a week. And before they came, I was loading up the cabinets and the refrigerator. Now, these two normally are very health conscious. And they're usually on a diet or really watching what they're eating. But I could tell something was up. I texted them. And I said, you guys have any requests? James texted me back in big letters, cookies and bacon. I mean, come on. She texts me back and says, chocolate cake. So being the wonderful mommy that I am, they came to my house on a Tuesday night. He had two dozen chocolate chip cookies. She had a whole chocolate sheet cake. And these two kids, 
literally ate us out of house and home. <laughs> Thy cabinets were stopped. There was fullness in the Thomas house before they came. I knew something was up when we, the first night, man, Esther just starts eating that cake and she looks at James and she says, we're not thinking about our weight while we're here. We're going to eat anything that we want. Every time we got up, there was another whole row of the cake missing. And when James was a little boy, he loved Cheez-Its. So kind of as a joke, I bought this great big huge box of Cheez-Its and put it in the cabinet. Well, Pastor likes Cheez-Its too. And a few days after they'd been down there, he came downstairs and he's like, where's the Cheez-Its? And James is like, uh, I ate them. The whole box. But you know what? Even though... They ate us out of house and home. We cannot eat God out of house and home. There's always fullness in his house. There's always a surplus of whatever we may need. He said, I'm going to satisfy you with the fullness of my house. We know that heaven is God's house. But you know the local church is too. Every time that people come through these doors, there's fullness in this place. People come in with broken lives. There's healing power in this place. People come in with torment in their minds. There's a fullness of the peace of God available here. People come in with diseased bodies. Did you know that in this very house, there's a healing flow? There's a healing anointing. We cherish what God is doing in our midst. And every time we come together or you invite somebody that has needs in their life, come in with the attitude, there's fullness in God's house. They will be abundantly supplied. If they need Jesus, he's here as the Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. One last phrase that stands out to me. It says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And there's more. There's more. You give them drink from the rivers of your pleasures. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He said, You can drink from the rivers of your pleasures. This word there, drink from the rivers of pleasures, is the same word for Eden, pleasures. Eden, remember that place. It literally means a place of luxury, a place of abundance. Come to the river. Come to Father's house and enjoy the abundance on the table. And then take a drink from the river of his pleasures. He delights to meet our needs. He delights to heal our bodies. He delights to refresh our soul. This river that he's talking about over in Revelation 22, it says, I believe 22.1, that there is a river that proceeds from the throne of God, pure as crystal. This river of life, 
That's what's flowing in here tonight. Life in the river. Life in the Father's house. Healing, wholeness, restoration. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand and let's just begin to worship Him.